This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of your uh, emails, your phone calls, and for you sharing the uh, pastors that have been on the podcast, the link on our website, and the 200 resources. To be honest, there are over 200, so don't say we're lying because there might be like 215. Um, so there are resources on our website for great ministries, news outlets, conservative, Christian, biblical worldview, over 200 of them on our website. I do want to also mention thank you. We sold out of Stand Up For The Truth coffee mugs at the Great Lakes Prophecy Conference uh, over the weekend on Saturday. I spoke there Saturday morning. Um, by Saturday afternoon, they were gone. Uh, I, I'm just thankful, you guys. Now you're, I can picture some of you listening to the podcast. You got your, your strong coffee <laughs> caffeinated and uh, the Stand Up For The Truth coffee mug. So thanks for your support. And by the way, if you go to the merch tab on our website, that'll take you to over 24 items now that we don't have in-house but a Christian family is doing that for us, and the proceeds from all of those items, coffee mugs, um, T-shirts, hoodies, hats, even winter hats, uh, also baseball hats, the proceeds come to us after expenses and shipping are paid. So thank you guys for your support. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com and look at the top. There's one word. It says merch right next to resources, by the way. Romans 8, 1 through 8 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, 1 through 8. Let's be reminded that we are not of the flesh, we are in the Spirit, and if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, friend, uh, we are blessed. And I want to bring in our guest today, and then I'm going to go through some headlines. And again, guys, we make no apologies for what we cover, but this is not all... Uh, I don't know. It's not um, Joel Osteen Christianity um, on this podcast. We speak the truth. We tell you what's happening in the culture. There is deep darkness out there. Uh, I think Jude, there's a verse in Jude talking about deep darkness, black darkness. That's pretty dark. But we are the light of the world. Christians shine the light of Christ. So we'll talk about these headlines and some of the stories and topics we'll get into today. But right now, George Carneal is back with us. I love this, brother. He wrote a book called From Queer to Christ, my journey into the light. He was raised Southern Baptist um, by a Southern Baptist minister, actually, in the Bible Belt, and for years struggled with his faith and same-sex attraction. He moved out to L.A., lived a gay lifestyle in California for 25 years, but God. He broke through and saved him. Uh, George is now in Christ, frequent speaker. Um, he's worked with pastors who don't know how to address LGBTQ issues. So George helps them, those who want help, that do want to address these things. And he also works with parents and guides them on how to help their um, LGBTQ children. Some are authentically struggling. Some are doing it out of popularity because it's the cool thing to do for attention, perhaps. And he also helps individuals who want out of that deceived Lifestyle, George Carneal, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. David, thank you for having me back. Oh, you're a blessing, brother. We're going to catch up in a minute, but I'm going to go through some of the headlines now, see what we get to later in the podcast. We'll go as the Holy Spirit leads and get get caught up with you and what you've been doing since we talked last. But um, 
Fort Worth parents tried to get copies of the curriculum of the public school that their kids were in, and they were charged over $1,200 just to see the curriculum. This should be against the law, friends. School districts should not be charging money. If, if they have to, I charge 25 bucks or whatever. I mean, what do they have to do? $1,200 for a parent, a concerned parent? And by the way, why aren't there more parents doing this, trying to get copies of the curriculum or the book lists? As uh, Linda Harvey and I talked about last week, the book lists in the public school libraries, um, they've been compromised. There's some perverse books in there. There's pornography in there that you would never talk about with a stranger on the pub- in a public place, let alone having your kids See it in the library. So moving on to other headlines, another school administrator in Manhattan um, was placed on paid leave after being filmed by, I believe it was James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, talking about sneaking in her Democrat views and progressive views and activism into the classroom. And I'm, I'm going, so what's the news headline here? They're, most of them are doing that if they're under 30. These are what these teachers are doing now. Next headline. Um, uh, a mom's group launches a petition to end the demonic new Disney series. Um, it's a little demon series, I guess, but we're not surprised. We've talked about Disney. Um, and this is one of the things we will get to today. I just saw this headline. I've written about Alfred Kinsey, and it's horrific to see him being honored and emulated. There's a statue honoring this controversial sex researcher, it's Indiana University. In fact, the Kinsey Institute is there. Uh, the Disney heralds him to be a hero. Um, we're going to talk about his research. I'll get George's response. So let's start with this one, George Carneal. Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to get an update on your ministry first. And then I've got a, a headline and a story that's so sad out of Atlanta. Um, but, George, what have you been doing? I think it's been six months, maybe longer, since we've talked last. Yeah, have you been working, traveling, speaking? Tell us a little bit about uh, your life. Catch us up. Well, uh, God has been graciously opening doors to do media interviews and speaking at churches. And and I think, David, where God has really been been using me the most is with the parents and the LGBT individuals who reach out to me personally. Mm. I, I wish... I wish I could get your listeners to understand how heartbreaking it is to hear the stories, especially from the parents and even pastors who have LGBT kids mm. who just are at a loss as to how to do this. I was just contacted by a woman a couple of days ago in the UK who was dealing with this transgender issue with her son, and she's at a loss as to how to deal with it in terms of even her own rights. Mm. Um, so many of these parents feel like their hands are tied and it's so important for Christians to understand you can't put your heads in the sand on this issue. If you can work with your pastors or churches or find a way to raise money to find Christian teachers who will homeschool your kids, yes. maybe get them have a homeschool curriculum, maybe done in the church. But the public school systems are, are no longer about teaching children. They are really indoctrination centers and they are destroying the minds of these children. They are the target. And if they can warp the minds of the children in this generation, imagine in 10 to 20 more years what this country is going to be like. It is already an insane asylum. You use the word generation, George, and we can go back to the 1850s. Uh, Abraham Lincoln once said that the um, the philosophy of the schoolroom or the classroom in one generation will become the philosophy of government and culture in the next generation. And that was in the mid-1800s, go to the mid-1900s, go to now 2022, and we're seeing the rotten fruit of this, well, I don't even, I, I have a hard time sometimes calling it an education system. And friends, don't tune off, don't turn off the podcast, don't shut me down or the radio because we're being redundant here. This is such an important issue. You, do, you would have no idea how many Christian families still send their kids into these public schools where you know the biblical worldview is unwelcome. You know they discriminate against Christian kids. You know they're promoting anything but the biblical worldview. So, George, just your thoughts on that. What you shared is so important because we need to know how to respond to these things. And hopefully our own kids aren't struggling with this confusion and deception. I can tell you I've had numerous Christians within the church, especially Sunday school teachers who are telling me about the children, especially girls, 
who are feeling the pressure to become lesbian, that a lot of their female peers are now experimenting with other girls and they feel this pressure to be bisexual. The pressure is so immense. I wish the parents and your listening audience would understand a lot of these kids may not really be LGBTQ, but there is such a pressure that they are being taught that heterosexuality is boring and that homosexuality and transgenderism is fun and it's exciting. And where Christians miss the mark is that the LGBT community will accept all of the freaks, the outcast, those who don't feel like they have a, a place where they fit or belong. Hmm. Whereas so many within the Christian community, they ostracize people who are hurting and who are in bondage. And if the Christian community embraced the outcast, doesn't mean embracing their sin, but embracing those individuals and bringing them in and letting them sit in the church under a pastor who has the guts to speak the truth of God's word to where the Holy Spirit can work in that person's life. You will see a change in their life. Mm -hmm. But sadly, the LGBT community does exactly what the Christian community should be doing. Yeah. And a lot of these people are in or can identify as LGBT simply because they are looking for a place to belong. Yes. Uh, we really need to talk to the children and expose it. What Christians don't understand is, is that what you are being told by the media and Hollywood, it's a very sanitized version of the reality of that life. And I discuss it in my book. I'm not X-rated, but I don't sugarcoat it. But when you understand the reality of what it's like for an individual who fully immerses him or herself in the LGBT lifestyle, you would be mortified to think that you would even support it. So we must stand up against this, not only this agenda, but to protect the minds of these small children. Amen, brother. Amen. And by the way, your book, thank you for sending it to me, I believe, last year. It may have been the year before. I don't know how long we've been in touch, George, but you sent it to me. And uh, it, it's been a blessing to have you on three, four, five times. But I want to mention it's doing very well, friends. If you want to check it out, it's uh, over 70% of the reviews on Amazon are five-star reviews. And the book, again, is called From Queer to Christ, My Journey into the Light by George Carneal. George, you mentioned something very important, and that's community. And we think of Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1 and 2. We think of the early church and how we have examples of the Christian community gathering, gathering together for the apostles' teaching, which is teaching the Word of God, for communion, the Lord's Supper, for prayer, and for fellowship, community. And what the LGBT community offers is really a counterfeit of true, authentic community. But nonetheless, it is community that these young people are seeking. And I, I just want you to elaborate on that a little more. Oh, my gosh. There's so much I want to where, say. Where do you go? Um, go ahead. We, you know, you can we, no, no topics off limits. And uh, <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you for me, I'll, that's the best way to approach this. Yep. The reason I, why I was so drawn to the LGBT community was because I had been ostracized by my male peers. I didn't have a close relationship with my father. I felt like an outcast. I I really struggled for the first 18 years of my life dealing with this issue. And this was in the seventies where you couldn't talk about it. Mm, and I was dealing with wow. this monster in my head. So when I went into that life, the reason why I became so easily ensnared in that life was because I finally got what I had been looking for, this acceptance. People were treating me differently. I was being treated with respect. I was being desired. And I know it sounds very shallow, and I didn't understand at the time that that's not the right kind of attention I needed. But that's why so many of the young LGBT individuals feel feel that this is them and this is who we are and and why it feels so good because they finally find a place where they are accepted but little do they know at least in my case within three years of walking into that life i was already addicted to drugs and alcohol and i was depressed and suicidal i was a prostitute i eventually attempted attempted suicide mm. and so many of the lgbt individuals struggle with depression and they will say it's because christians don't accept it that's not the issue don't let them guilt trip right. or shame you into Amen. thinking that yes. even the transgender issue. The problem is, is that when you're doing something wicked that goes against God's word, they you're not going to ever find peace. And God certainly never allowed me to have that peace. Mm -hmm. So it's only until they realize they are under a deception. It is demonic. Mm -hmm. They are being lied to and they need to be 
spoken to and have the God, the truth of God's word spoken to them in love and let them know that there is hope in getting out of that life. Amen. Amen, brother. And I just thank you so much for just being open to just God using you to minister to so many people. Uh, we've got five minutes left in this first segment, and I want to ask about something that we talked about briefly when we introduced you and that you often help pastors now. <laughs> Uh, we know that a lot, perhaps the majority of church leaders and pastors across the country do not want to touch on anything, quote, controversial. Or they don't preach the whole counsel of God. They avoid the issues of the sin of homosexuality or maybe Bible prophecy or so many other things. But this is one issue that is just kind of icky for them because they maybe they don't feel like their church or their staff or even the pastor himself is not equipped to handle this deal with it, understanding the onslaught in our culture out there. So talk to us about some of the experience you've had encouraging pastors and to address this and uh, helping them through that. There's two points I would like to make. The first one to the pastors who reach out to me who have LGBT kids. I, I wish Christians would understand. And I, my father uh, was a Baptist minister. Mm -hmm. There is so much pressure for a pastor to to come off as if their family is perfect, everything's wonderful. And so when you have pastors who can't even be open before their own congregation about the issues that they are struggling with, because there are a lot of pastors who struggle with pornography. Yep. But when their kids are struggling with this issue, they have nowhere to, to turn to. And it's so sad when I talk to these men who just are at a loss as to how to help their kids and don't have anywhere to turn. It's important that Christians stop eating their own and we start lifting each other up. We should be able to walk into a church and say, hey, I'm struggling with this issue or my child is struggling with this and we all need to lift each other up and stop the gossiping and the bickering and the ju being judgmental, but more so rally around each other in prayer because we have the power because of prayer. Mm -hmm. That's the first point I would like to make. But secondly... Yes. I wish the pastors would understand so many of the congregation members are struggling with this issue mm -hmm. and they don't feel that you may be a safe place to come and talk to you about it. They fear being ostracized. I can't tell you the number of times I've had Christians who have children who are LGBT and I've asked them, do you have a support system in the church where you can talk to people and have them pray for your child? And they will hands down tell me, no, I don't trust oh, Christians. Oh my goodness. Now how sad is this? Yes. So the pastors need to stand up in the pulpits and they need to, yes, speak out about sin, but don't just rant and rave about homosexual sin, but get go soft on heterosexual sin. Amen. Speak about sin, the truth of God's word, God's love, but yes, his judgment, but also give the congregation, the the notion or help them to understand that you are a compassionate person, that they can come and talk to you, that you can be trusted. It will be kept in confidence because there are even married men and women in the church who are struggling with bisexuality. And these people need a place and someone safe that they can talk to and let them know that you are a safe place. So if someone is struggling, they're not struggling in silence. That's why so many of them I think Satan uses shame and it keeps people silent and trapped in that bondage, but they need to know that their pastor is a safe person that they can talk to. But more so, I don't understand a pastor who can stand in the pulpit and fear what people think versus not wanting to offend God. I fear offending God. I don't fear offending people. God holds my destiny in his hands. Amen. So we must be bold and speak the truth in love. And if people don't like it, they can leave the church. Uh, then go listen to Joel Osteen or Oprah. But uh, <laughs> I say, pastors, be bold because time is short. And thank God I had Christians who mm. didn't fall under this woke agenda, who still loved me enough to constantly, in love, speak the truth of God's word. I may not have already always been ready to hear it, but they kept planting the seed and watering it. And I eventually walked out of that life after 25 years. Oh, praise God, brother. I just recently spoke at a prophecy conference over this past weekend, and I just shared that picture of Oprah promoting the first so-called pregnant man. I'll never forget that, but that kind of, one of the, was another catalyst in the delusion we're seeing today. And I just want to quote Galatians 1.10. You made me think about this. Paul writes to the Galatian church, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? 
If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians 1, 10. We'll be right back with George Carneal. We're going to talk about some of the rotten fruit of this agenda and some of the headlines next on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is George Carneal, and I um, want to get his take on this in a minute, but I'm going to just uh, tease it right now. Um, you know, the next stage of this rebellion we're seeing, we never would have imagined how powerful, fast, and with full force the transgender locomotive, I don't even call it a bandwagon anymore, I now call it the transgender locomotive, is steamrolling through our country and culture. But the next stage of rebellion, perhaps, will be normalizing pedophilia. I mean, it's natural that that comes next. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun, right? They dealt with this in the Old Testament. It's been around. It's just not mainstream. But a college professor in Virginia openly suggested that pedophilia is natural and should not be considered wrong. Um, she calls for destigmatizing pedophilia, or MAP. MAP stands for Minor Attracted People. We're going to get to that in a minute. During the break, um, uh, Stephen... Uh, one of our new employee here at Stand Up for the Truth and Q90FM was talking to George off air, thanking him for what he just laid out in that first segment. And George, I think you would like to share a little bit more to encourage our brothers and sisters in this way. Yes, I just wanted to say to Christians who become a little gun shy, I know it's hard witnessing to people, but I, at the end of my book, I take all of the talking points from the LGBT activists and the liberal theologians who pushed the gay is okay were under grace narrative. And if you would simply read it and just familiarize yourself with those talking points mm -hmm. and that scripture, that way, when you are witnessing to these individuals, because understand LGBT individuals are not going to read God's word. I feared reading God's word because I did not want to read another place where I was receiving condemnation and judgment. So a lot of them will just listen to the liberal theologians. But if you will familiarize yourself with that and in love, debunk what they are saying and lead them to the truth of God's word. But what is so key to this, it's one thing to point out in every area of scripture where God's word condemns homosexuality and calls it an abomination. But turn around and give them hope. Let them know how much God loves them. He is invested in them, what Jesus did on the cross for them. He knows the number of the hairs on their head. He knew them when they formed them in the womb, which mm. uh, debunks that whole transgender thing. Because anyone who supports the transgender issue and you call yourself a Christian, what you are in essence doing is calling God a liar. You made the mistake and we're going to fix it for you. We must absolutely stand up against the transgender agenda. And don't think that you will get pushback from gays and lesbians because right now there is an alliance and a movement with gays and lesbians and bisexuals. They want the T dropped from the LGBTQ alphabet soup, <laughs> so to speak. They are so ticked off and angry how this transgender movement has hijacked mm -hmm. the LG, the, the gay lesbian uh, demand for rights. Yep. So understand there are a lot of drag queens and gays and lesbians speaking out against the transgender movement as well. Interesting. But again, Knowledge is power. Read the book if you can. Get the information and boldly speak to these people. Even if they get mad, plant the seed. God will do the watering. He is in the deliverance business. George, the book is available, obviously, on Amazon. Can they get it through uh, georgecarneal.com as well? Um, I don't sell it personally, but on my website, um, georgecarneal.com, C-A-R-N as in Nancy, E-A-L, there are a lot of links to where the book can be purchased in Great. different and various countries. So it Great. Can, and I also want to say at the bottom of the website, there are a lot of resources that I have uh, listed for parents and LGBT individuals as well. So they won't feel powerless and feel like there's some hope out there. Great. From queer to Christ. And now, George, I'm going to get your response to some of the rotten fruit that we alluded to in the first segment and that uh, pedophilia perhaps might be coming down the road. Uh, but before that, a story, I don't remember if we mentioned this a week or two ago, but a couple, a gay couple in Atlanta are charged with using their adopted kids to make child porn. Uh, raise your hands if you saw this coming. Friends, I can't see you raising your hands, but thank you for uh, holding on to your standard for the truth coffee mug. Uh, <laughs> don't spill. <laughs> but, yeah, so the, who saw this coming, George? 
they've been fighting for rights, the gays and lesbians, to adopt kids, right? Because they can't. I'll never forget Pastor Steve Smotherman, one of the, one of our guests we have on frequently. He said they can't reproduce, so they have to recruit, and they also will implement their lifestyle however possible. And so they're using this to do evil. They adopted kids. I don't know how many kids in the story, but this gay couple that you've got the picture of them, they're, they're mug shots and they used their kids, uh, not to have a family, but to make child porn. I mean, George, we're not surprised by this, but how sad, right? Correct. And to be fair, David, as you know, there are a lot of heterosexual parents who should not be procreating as well. Yes. There are some real <laughs> sorry individuals out there. Yes. Um, but I, I want to say to listeners, I have a YouTube channel. You can find the link on my website. But I've been warning in media interviews for at least two to three years about pedophilia. Mm. This David is not lying. It is not a joke. It is on the agenda. But also bestiality is going to become one of the things that they will push at some point yeah. right now, even in Germany, bestialists are demanding that the laws be overturned where it's illegal for people to have sex with animals. I guarantee you the day is coming where if the activists get their way, grown men and women will be legally able to have sex with your children and grandchildren and people better wake up. It is the Democrats who are pushing these policies. I'm not here trying to make a, political rant as much as just getting you to understand when you look at the policies Amen. that the Democrats push, they are the ones doing this. That's why it is so important that we get out and vote and that we get on the school boards, that we don't do mail-in ballots, that people get out there and physically vote. And I don't understand, David, earlier when you were talking about the parents being charged to get access to the curriculum. Yes. I can't believe there aren't Christians on these school boards and in the Christians and in the public school systems who wouldn't gather this information and disseminate it freely, even if it was discreetly. Yep. The Christian parents, I mean, the Christian teachers in the school systems need to gather this information and either contact you, me or others, give us the information so we can disseminate it to the yeah. public. That way they can maintain their privacy, maintain their jobs or contact Project Veritas or even contact Mass Resistance. Org. It is a great website of where they keep you abreast of what's happening in our country and how they are fighting back against the LGBT agenda being pushed in the public school systems. Amen. Thank you, brother, for mentioning that. I'll check. I'll make sure to, to see if that's on our website under uh, 200 plus resources. Um, so let's go back to this story that is. Oh, sorry. It, yes. No, it, it's no. This is all within the topic that it's going to become more common, sadly. But uh, this guy was an or this gal was an assistant professor of sociology and criminal justice. Um, so there's going to be a lawsuit coming. But Alan Walker argues that minor attracted people, those sexually drawn to children under 18, uh, children, focus on children. They should not be ostracized. These minor attracted people. Right. We should feel sorry for them. He's mm -hmm. suggesting or she is suggesting that uh, these urgings are OK and as long as they're not acted upon, and let me get your response to this, George, Walker identifies as queer, non-binary, trans, and said in an interview that there is no morality or immorality attached to attraction to anyone. Here it is. Here it comes. Because no one can control who they're attracted to. In other words, wait for it, they're born that way. George, I know you have a lot to say about this argument. Again, my blood pressure is going. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> All right. It just really ticks me off. I think I heard a medical professional <laughs> state recently that even a newborn child will know whether or not he or she is transgender. This is the insanity. These people are so yeah. off. They're unhinged. Yes. And I'm telling you, people have had better wake up and start getting involved and start speaking, getting people like me and you and others in churches, at conferences, in interviews to sound the alarm. Um, the pedophilia issue, the only thing I can say, David, is, is it's that children are the target. Mm -hmm. They are going to push it and they may do it under pedosexual. But I hope your audience will understand when you hear, especially the LGBT activists and especially the trans individuals say, uh, 
by you not supporting this, you're harming people. They're going to kill themselves. This is all guilt trips and it's a bunch of crap. I was depressed because I was doing something that was wicked. I couldn't find peace in that life. Mm. And the transgender suicide rate is almost double or triple, I think, than that of the gay and lesbian counterparts, which for gays and lesbians, I think is double that of heterosexuals. What people don't understand is, is when you go into that life, you are bombarded with sex, drugs, alcohol, pornography. It's hard to find a sense of community. Nobody cares if you have a brain or what you did in school or how popular you were or how important you think you may be. You are nothing but it's a meat market. It's mm. all about how you look. Yep. And there's this constant pressure to look young, to be fit, and to look your best because it's all about sex. And when they get into that life and they find out that this isn't working, you know, how much sex can you have? And you realize it doesn't bring any joy. It doesn't fulfill. Right. But sadly, then they get trapped in that life. And then you have Christian parents who are so mean, who who pushed their children away from them or threw them out of the house that these kids don't even feel like they can come back home to their parents and say, I need help. So it runs so deep. I wish we had the time to go into it, David, but people have got to start arming themselves with information and understanding it, listening to the stories of former LGBT individuals and especially the transgender active uh, transgender individuals who are on YouTube. Uh, if you type in transgender regret or transitioning, detransitioning, those kind of keywords yep. and listen to these individuals. It's heartbreaking to hear their stories. They were guinea pigs who were used and they have no joy. And now their lives are destroyed because you have young girls who've had their breasts removed, their internal organs removed. Now they can no longer have a family and children like they desire. And young men who've had their penises removed. No one understands the long-term repercussions of what this movement is doing. And it is destroying the lives of children. Get your kids out of the school systems if you can. And I would encourage Christians to start running and getting on these school boards and, and stop this agenda from being pushed onto the children in the public school systems. Yes, there's so many things we've got to, you know, a little ramp up our game a little bit, get active. George, um, people can go to sexchangeregret.com, I believe. That's Walt Heyer's site. Mm -hmm. And Laura Perry is a former transgender. We've had her on even recently a couple. This is a great story if you haven't heard this, George. Laura was in the transgender lifestyle. She went through the operations, surgeries, changed her name legally, went by Jake for nine years. Um, she got saved by Christ. She's an amazing speaker now and talks about this and warns children and parents. But she got married. And God totally did a miracle. She's in Oklahoma. Her husband knew her story before they met, and he knew that she couldn't have kids because of her uh, sex change um, operations and all surgeries. And um, he totally gave her grace, and they're happily married. It's just such a such a good story. They don't all end that way, but I'll never forget something that she said. She said, people are growing up without an understanding of how our bodies are made. They just think we're like Mr. Potato Head bodies where you can remove parts <laughs> and put them back later. And she says, there are consequences, severe life-altering and permanent consequences of some of these decisions that they're affirming in children. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've met Laura and I've spoken with her at conferences. She's a sweet girl. Yes. Um, and we're good friends. And I just, I really like her and I'm so happy that things have turned around in her mm. own life. Yeah. Uh, her story is amazing. Um, I think the only thing I would say is, is to those parents who are listening to this, know that there is hope. You know, even if your child goes down that path with the transgender issue, you really have the power in prayer. I, just don't give up on your kids. Just keep loving them and praying for them. Don't overreact to whatever they tell you. You want to keep the line of communication open. I was so thankful that my mother told me I could always come home. So at least I knew if things got bad, I could mm. come home. So I had that love and support from my parents, even though my father didn't agree with the issue. But thankfully, they didn't kick me out of the house and disown me. So it's important to have uh, patience and compassion for these individuals because at the end of the day, if you really listen to their stories, most of them from their childhood have, have suffered tremendous trauma, shame, rejection, abuse, mm. rape, incest, uh, so many horrific things that have happened. And it just messes with these, with the minds of the children. So uh, please be patient and pray for them yes. because God loves them and Jesus died for them as well. Amen.
Amen. I think uh, this is a good time to uh, quote Jesus' words in Mark 10. He is the Word made flesh. He did affirm the Old Testament, and we are not to th- throw out or disregard or ignore the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus quoted the Old Testament in his response to the religious leaders in Mark 10, starting in verse 5. Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, uh, Moses wrote you this commandment, but from the beginning of creation, God created them, male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. So Jesus affirmed creation, gender, you know, male, female, marriage between one man and one woman, and family, right there in Mark chapter 10, and other places, of course, in the Word of God. So, uh, George, we're going to take a transition now, and we're going to start this bef- two minutes before our next break. I understand that. But Alfred Kinsey, uh, we need to talk about this of, because of his influence really on the world, but he definitely influenced the pornography uh, industry, Hugh Hefner and Playboy. Kinsey was around in the, the 40s, 50s. He was awarded. They did a film on him in Hollywood. They completely sugar-coated his perverse life and whitewashed his demonic activity. But the reason I wanted to talk with you about this, to get your take I'm going to set it up, and we'll talk more when we come back from break. A statue honoring Kinsey. This is a brand new. This is just, I think, last week. Commemorating the sex researcher, Alfred Kinsey, was put up at Indiana University last week. They released a press statement saying they're praising Kinsey's pioneering research in human sexuality, friends, in the next segment. We're going to get into what that, quote, uh, pioneering research in sexuality is. But uh, a lot of critics, including myself, uh, say that uh, the, the, he gathered information using sexual abuse of children, of prostitutes, of uh, just just people that were willing to just come and be their guinea pigs, really. And it was just totally, it should have been against the law. He should have been arrested. But we're going to talk about that. George, uh, if you want to just give your, your first reaction, I know you don't, may not know a lot about Kinsey, and I think we should as Christians, so that's why we're going to talk about this in the next segment. But he did controversial sex research, and he's being heralded by the left, by progressives at Indiana University, Hollywood, the media. Your brief thought. We should not be surprised if they're already trying to put up satanic statues of the Baphomet in other places. Yeah. <laughs> why shouldn't we get yep. this? I mean, what's next? Serial killers? I mean, yep. we have to feel sorry for them because they had a rough childhood. Nothing surprises me anymore, but I will say that he, his story has definitely been whitewashed because when I was in the LGBT community, we never, I never heard any of the things that are coming out now. He really was seen as a hero, so to speak, and, and really very pro LGBT. So again, so much propaganda in the media. Yep. And he was a hero because Liam Neeson played him in the movie, I guess in 2004, almost 20 years ago. But anyway, we've got a lot more to talk about, about this topic with George Carneal. And you can get more information on him, georgecarneal.com, and maybe check out his book, Get It for Someone That Might Need to Read It. I'm sure you know somebody. And we're going to talk about Alfred Kinsey and sexual anarchy in America, and the next segment of this podcast has a content warning. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So I want to remind you guys, this history has been whitewashed from uh, any any history books. It probably wasn't in there in the first place about Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood's founder, uh, um, Alfred Kinsey. And we're going to talk about Kinsey now. I wrote about him in a chapter when, in my very first book. Uh, eradicate blotting out God in America. The chapter was titled Normalizing Homosexuality. So we know that, that the sexual revolution happened in the 60s and went nuts with, you know, what is it, Woodstock and, uh, just, just San Francisco, the drug movement, everything that's going on, the, the free love, they called it. But it had to get to that point where this was kind of, now a movement in the 60s and things were going in that direction. What happened in the 40s and 50s? Um, so we're going to talk about Alfred Kinsey and a little bit of his uh, background. Some call him the father of the sexual revolution. Others, like myself, refer to him as the most influential 
bisexual pedophile and child molester in this nation's history. I want to point you to a 1997 biography uh, called Kinsey, uh, a sadomasochistic homosexual. And this guy's not exaggerating. The guy that did this bio, one of Kinsey's goals for his, quote, research was to prove that humans are sexual beings. Okay? And then he took it another step. And the earlier in life we start to experience sexual pleasure, the better for everybody. So Kinsey fed his perverted sex drive by selling his theory that there was widespread ignorance of the sexual structure and physiology. So he believed the biblical model of sexual restraint, self-control, sex within a marriage context, which is what the Bible teaches. He believed waiting to have sex was psychologically harmful. So you know what direction this is going, friends. So... Uh, his research was funded by Rockefeller, the Rockefeller Foundation in the late 1930s, early 1940s. Of course, we know the Rockefellers also funded Margaret Sanger's birth control clinics. And uh, you can go on down that road, which we have many, many, many times. But Kinsey has a wing now at the Indiana uh, University in Bloomington. Uh, I think it's the Kinsey Institute. They gave him a bron- life-size bronze statue now. So why would they do this? If we know the truth that he was, he, he was even a self-avowed eugenicist. I mean, Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist. So there's something wrong here when people are holding this man up to be a hero. Why? Because everything is about the sexual revolution now. Everything was about sex. So, George Carneal, you have some thoughts, I'm sure, on how this man, what he was doing. We'll get into a little bit more detail in a minute. But the fact that he is emulated now and he's even promoted and his research, I mean, most people won't even bat an eye at some of his research that he was doing on infants and children. How could you get away with that in this day and age? But yet in the 30s and 40s, he did. Oh, boy, that's a lot to unpack. (laughs) (laughs) Just start somewhere and we'll keep going. First of all, when I read the article and I w- and the Rockefellers came up, that's a red flag in and of itself. And mm-hmm. of course, yes. Margaret Sanger. But David, I think the bigger issue behind this is remember, you know, it is for anyone who's awake. It has been alleged for quite some time that the global elite participate in child trafficking, satanic sex, ritual abuse and of both heterosexual and homosexual and young children, children. So understand if they can wear the American public and the world down to where they accept this perversion and even pedophilia, that when if it eventually comes out, the globalists who are involved in pedophilia, perhaps they feel that they will get a lot more leniency. This is that's just my opinion. But I think that the reason why this must continue to be pushed to the point of where everything that God's word condemns is normalized is because we know eventually it is to shut up Christians because anyone who dares to speak out against it, it will be considered a hate crime. And David, as you and I both know, anything that God's word deems moral, right, decency, Mm -hmm. uh, they're trying, the world is trying to destroy that. And um, so I feel like the eventual goal is to just make everything a hate crime if you don't agree and just let people live as they want to live and do as they please. Yeah, watch out, friends, for the legislation the Democrats have trying to been pushing through called the Equality Act. It is not equal. It's not fair for Christians in the biblical worldview because they will fine us or perhaps uh, jail us. Uh, it will be under the guise of hate crimes and other things in that Equality Act. It's supposed to lift up the rights and really put the LGBTQ above those who would not dis- not agree with that worldview. I want to quote Dr. Judith Reisman, an author, researcher, historian, who called uh, Kinsey's, K- Kinsey's fraudulent sex science research. Um, let me just say this. She said, Dr. Kinsey's mission has been accomplished, mostly after his death, by his legion of true believers. Elitists who have systematically brainwashed their fellow intellectual elites to adopt Kinsey's pansexual secular worldview and jettison the Judeo-Christian worldview upon which this country was founded and flourished. 
And she also noted that uh, Kenzie's um, support, one of his supporters, Dr. Carol Vance, was a lesbian activist, of course, at Columbia University. And uh, she said this at a San Francisco uh, symposium. She said, biography is the battleground. Should Kinsey be discredited, 200 years of sexual progress can be undone. So 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, George, the left was already trying to prepare for this to defend Kinsey so that they can continue to, to push forward their sexual revolution. And they've, like she said, they've been incredibly successful. So one more thing, and I'll let you respond to this quote from Selwyn Duke. Um, he was talking about the Kinsey film in 2004, I believe. The film completely glossed over Kinsey's perversion and the damage he caused to America. Uh, you th- if you think about this, how did he do research on children and infants? Were there parents in the room? Was this even something that was allowed by law at that time? No. Anyway, he said this, Selwyn Duke. He called it Crimes Against Humanity. Quote, It is absolutely unconscionable that useful idiots, perverts, and social engineers would perpetuate one of the most pernicious lies ever foisted on the American public. To create any kind of work about the life of Alfred Kinsey and not place his deviance, criminality, and wickedness front and center is akin to making a movie about Hitler and omitting mention of the Holocaust. And I think that's a phenomenal comparison because you can't talk about Hitler without the context of the brutality of the Holocaust and the slaughter of the genocide. So, George, again, uh, your thoughts on the progression of this and the left that has defended this to the point he has a life-size statue of him in bronze at Indiana University and the university system, Hollywood, the liberal media. They'll all protect this guy. We know why. But how can we respond to this? (sighs) I know that's loaded. David, the only thing I know how to do is... Unless Christians, I think if we as a nation repent, first of all, and we Christians go to God and say that we have dropped the ball, instead of leading society in the right way regarding morals and and having been the kind of Christians that had the heart of Christ and compassion, but instead we acquiesced to what society dictated and we just sat there and allowed them to steamroll over us. I think when we humble ourselves and go before God and ask him to forgive us and to put in us that fight, what is it that we can do? And I think if every Christian who is fed up with this would get in on the public school boards, run for local, city, state, government offices, flood these offices, the judges, every every seat possible with good, God-fearing Christians who really care about doing what's right, I think maybe God would honor that. It's nothing surprises me because the left will defend the crimes that their own will do, yeah. but they will chastise Trump for sending a mean tweet. Yeah. It's, it just absolutely infuriates me. Even with my liberal friends, when I point out the crimes that even Obama and Hillary and the Bidens and the Bushes, et cetera, yeah. they don't want to hear it. They just, I think the mindset of many within the liberal community and especially with the LGBT agenda, all they hear are gay rights. It doesn't matter whatever else is going on in the world. Do not take their rights away. And they will always play the victim and they always want more. It will never be enough. Even if you gave them bestiality and pedophilia tomorrow, they would find something else to complain about. I think the mere fact that Christians are still on this earth breathing would irritate them. You can't appease these the left. They are so unhinged and so far gone, in my opinion, many of them anyway, that you just wonder, is there, are you able to even reason anymore and able to look at the fact that young children are being abused? These children should be left alone. They should be able to learn their ABCs and one, two, threes and play with their Barbies and their Tonka trucks and all of this stuff. But instead they are being sexualized and they are being groomed with this perversion and this filth because in another 10 to 20 years, we're not going to recognize this country and everything that God's word deems wicked is going to be promoted and it will be 
a law that you can do it. Yeah. And anyone who dares to say anything else against it will be arrested for a hate crime. It's already happening in places like Sweden, the UK, Germany, and Canada. Yes. Don't yeah. think it can't happen in America. Right. That's a good warning and a good reminder, friends. Uh, George is absolutely right. It's happening in these other places. And even pastors are being arrested. But this is, you know, it's nothing new. We're not surprised by this. Uh, the Bible says we are not unaware of Satan's schemes and his agendas. We are not unaware. We know the word of God. We know the warnings. We know the way of man. What would, The reason we're laying this out, this is disturbing history. We're talking about this because we don't know. Many of us don't understand how we got here. That's why we lay this out. And then we say, okay, what can we do now? Trust God in all things. We are here for such a time as this. I want to wrap it up, George, but just by going back and just sharing just a little bit more about this so people can look it up on their own and understand this is what they're protecting. Uh, Kinsey's surveys were done on a non-representative group, hundreds of sex offenders, prostitutes, prison inmates, and his research, here's the result, caused a warped formation of society's beliefs about human sexuality. And his data was not changed, and it is still somewhat of a guide used at almost every level of education today under the, quote, sex education um, industry. And many of his critics insist he should have been convicted of child molestation, incest, pedophilia, and the fact that his earliest privately conducted studies, he started in his home, by the way, they were not monitored. So <laughs> this is just amazing that he got away with it. Um, we know what the world thinks. They have whitewashed this, sugarcoated it. We are laying it out to say there are reasons we are at this place today in 2022 where Pride Month is no longer a month. It's all year, all year long, and that they are lifting up wickedness like this because evil is being called good. It's biblical. Friends, uh, George Carneal is a good resource if you know people struggling with the rotten fruit of this deception that this lifestyle or sex in any way, heterosexual or homosexual, is going to make you happy. George, uh, just got two minutes left. Just your closing thought. I just want to encourage Christians. We do have the power. Pray. Yes. Know that there is hope for your children or loved ones or coworkers if they are struggling with this issue. Have compassion. Get to know them. Let them learn to trust you and engage with them. Find out what their story is so you can know how to pray for them, how God can heal them and give them hope, the hope of the gospel, because it's not about fixing them. That's God's job. But the main point is, is we want to get them in the churches to hear the word and let the Holy Spirit work in their lives and that they come to know Christ. God will do all of the work after the, that. God does not expect us to be perfect before we walk into the church or before we come to know Christ. He wants us to bring our baggage. So I just want to encourage you if you get so discouraged. But understand that God is doing a, a work in the LGBT community Yes, because I hear from LGBT individuals from all around the world who admit they are so miserable in that life and they want out. Have, have compassion and pray for these individuals. Pray for the LGBT community. There is hope in Christ. Amen. And you found that hope, George. You're a living testament to the power of God and the Holy Spirit and how life can be radically transformed, changed, healed, and God bless you in your ministry. We will keep in touch and have you on again, Lord willing. Thanks, George Carneal, for your ministry and your all your wise words. Thanks, David. All right, tomorrow we will hear from Molly DeFrank, and her book is called Digital Detox. It's time to flip the switch and get your kids back. And talks about hours of influence on all the, the phones and the technology. Yes, you can do it, Christian parent. On Thursday, Marsha Montenegro, her website, Christian Answers for the New Age, former New Ager and occultist. We're going to talk about what's happening today and how Christians are still dabbling in some of these unbiblical teachings and activities. And then you'll hear from Julaine Appling on Friday. Uh, thanks again for your support, guys, and your prayers. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.